welcome to episode three of our podcast. I'm Alex, one half of the Sober Experiment. And I'm Lisa, the other half of the Sober Experiment. Oh my God, Alex, what a week. <laughs> it's been mega this week. My kids have stressed me out like you wouldn't believe. My eldest has been a little... I'm not going to say it. <laughs> uh, sorry if you're listening, my lovely little boy. Uh, yeah, he's been hard work this week. Um, stresses with work. Yeah, I think it's just been a horrific week in that respect. What about you? I've struggled as well this week. I've been so busy at work in my other job and the kids have kind of drove me a little bit crazy. They were all here today in the house somewhere, so if we hear any slamming doors, <laughs> then that is why. <laughs> or it could be Lisa falling backwards into her wardrobe. <laughs> I do feel weird. This podcast actually comes from within the wardrobe. <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> um, so... We've had some good stuff this week, though, as well, really good We have stuff. had some good stuff. Re- in fact, really good stuff yeah. this week. We've got some really exciting news that we can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we will share when we're allowed. Yes, it we will. It is exciting. Um, we have sent out our 30-day coaching videos. Lots of people trialling that. Yeah, we've had some really good feedback from that as well, so thank you. We do need to finish them, though, now. Yeah, that's got to happen this week, otherwise you're going to be further ahead with our experiment than we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, we will have it done. Um, and also, we have completed our workplace presentations, and that's ready to launch. It is ready to launch. What else? T-shirts? T-shirts. We've got matching T-shirts. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> I love them as well. They're brilliant. Um and badges and pin badges yeah yeah yeah. and yeah I think that's pretty much our week in a nutshell it is yeah yeah so today we thought we would talk to you about what we've called tug of war um Lisa's going to go first with this one today so it's going to be a little bit less conversational and a bit more storytelling I think I think so um yeah tug of war because this is the bit where we both came to the separate conclusion that we were no longer going to drink so kind of the run-up to d-day if you like so it's tug of war and you'll hear why um right go (laughs) i i suppose i kind of toyed with the idea when a friend did 12 months a good few years ago and i was absolutely gobsmacked i was like I, i just couldn't see a life without alcohol in it but i knew that I wanted to do it at some point and I really want I remember thinking I'd love to give 12 months ago but I just thought it was impossible to be honest um then I heard of I used to run a Slimming World group and one of my members she was a lovely lady called Sue and she'd done a 100 day alcohol free challenge and I remember at the time being absolutely gobsmacked that she could do 100 days. I remember she went on holiday to Canada and I was sat, stood there at the front of the group like, what, 100 days without <laughs> drink? Like, how on earth have you done that on holiday? We can't do a night. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't, I just, and I suppose, I don't know whether it's around where we live or other people feel like this, but I could never see a life without alcohol in it. I just thought that's how you had a good time. We've well, never known one without alcohol in it so why would you yeah that's it I suppose but yeah I would just gobsmack that she could that anybody could do 100 days and then another friend of mine was doing 100 days I'd seen on Instagram so all these were like little seeds being planted Um, I'd got to a point where each weekend I was saying I'm going to stay in this weekend and chill out and not drink and then I'd work Saturday morning because I ran the group at that time I'd come home I'd throw my stuff in the conservatory and then that would be it really I would start drinking about 2pm on a Saturday 
um, I felt like I deserved it after a really hard day's work. Mm. You know, after a hard morning, it was like my time, really. And I didn't realise, but alcohol had then started to sneak up on me. I'd got to the point where I'd really, really wanted to stop at the weekends and... Or I'd just want to go for a couple and I wouldn't. I'd end up out yeah. all night and I'd find other people that were doing the same thing. And if people was going out and going home, I could feel myself going or looking for other people that looked like they were going to stay out longer. Yes. So then I would end up staying out longer with them, really. Um, I think once I realised I was drinking more than I ever wanted to, I thought, you know what, cutting back's going to be well easy. I'll just not go out. And I just found it really, really hard. I was wrong. It became every weekend for months and months. My teenagers at that time were wild. Like, they were actually going wild. I'd split up from my husband. So I was using it as, like, my time, really. Um, you did see it. I remember you saying to me, you did see it as your real you time, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I thought I, I thought it was like I deserved to go out at the weekends and drink because I'd worked so hard all week. My yeah. kids were driving me mad. Like, yeah, I deserved that time. I deserved, Why couldn't I go out on a Saturday night and spend, have fun with my friends? I didn't realise how much it was really affecting me and... The kids really, though, you know, I have three teenagers, they need you at home more than ever, I think. And I think and you find that now, don't you? you oh, can see my it. God, yeah, yeah, like, I really, really can. Um, also, at that time, I, I found that I was really oversharing when I was going out. Like, because I was having so much trouble at home, yeah. I was kind of finding people to talk to and telling them all about my life and oversharing things that just weren't anybody else's business, really. Did you feel a bit poor you, do you think? Oh, yeah. I felt well sorry for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Which, nobody would believe that because I was always kind of life you and are, soul. And you're so upbeat now. It's like, it's, it's not you, is yeah, it? Yeah, I did feel a bit sorry for myself. And near the time when I decided or made the decision to stop drinking, my grandma had not long passed away. Hmm. That really affected all of us, really. And we, we had a bit of a family drama going on with members of the family at that time. Yeah. All drink-induced, looking back at it, you know, like family arguments and things. Um, I was just really, really sad and I needed to be there and I wasn't fully present for anybody. I wasn't fully present for my mum in that time. I wasn't fully present for my kids in that time. Yeah. And it was just all getting too much for me really you're probably looking back now weren't even fully present for yourself at that time i mean you look at the things you do now like your meditation your exercise all that you wouldn't have fit that in would you i never did um no i i think i did quite a bit of exercise around that time but looking back i think i was just trying to prove to myself that i'd not drank that much so i could do yeah, yeah. i could get up and go to the gym or whatever which wasn't always my, my weekends were genuinely they were just a write-off they became yeah. a write-off and i remember before I quit drinking, I thought to stop drinking would be like a lifetime of feeling bored and awkward. And boring. I and boring. Yeah. I was so frightened that people would find me boring. Like, what would I do? Like, if I were to go out with my friends and not be drinking, like, I, d I didn't know what to talk about or what to do. I just couldn't imagine it without drinking. But my final final time was i'd gone out on a sunday i'd had a glass of prosecco at my mum's yeah. with my eldest daughter who was like 20 at the time so we'd had a glass of prosecco 
and then another and then another and then another and then I did what I would always do after a few and think right I'm going out <laughs> you didn't want to think it Lisa don't kid yourself you used to say it I did I'd say it and I was like right I, that's not enough for me I'm going out so I was like Beth you go home and look after the other two make sure they're all right um, and then off I went and I just on my own as well I'd just like appear in pubs in our local village <laughs> and be like hi and there was one pub that used to do a karaoke on a Sunday night so I appeared there on the Sunday night and I drank and drank I never sang though that's no, been me. <laughs> yeah you but you're a good singer it's a good job I never sang but yeah I'd gone out on this Sunday night ended up drinking with people that I didn't really know that well I'd gone back to a house party on a Sunday night like people have house parties on Sunday nights <laughs> people go to house parties on Sunday nights with kids and jobs <laughs> yeah that's what I mean so I'd ended up going to this house party and I remember sat on this sofa thinking I don't belong here this is this isn't all right this Mm. isn't me and it started to really like I used to use the excuse when I was drinking that you only live once you're having fun I actually used to write notes on my phone to myself and you'll know me so it might not surprise you but I would be drinking and be thinking oh my god this is amazing I'm having such a good time and I'd write a note on myself do not feel guilty tomorrow you had fun you only live once that's what I actually do I had to remind myself that I was having fun which like isn't really having fun but yeah I knew on that Sunday night I'd got home and I woke up on the Monday morning and there was no chance in hell I was going to work I was so ill I was so so ill and I remember just looking at myself and I took that final selfie which <laughs> the one where the <laughs> yeah um, and I'm quite proud to show that self uh, that selfie now because I've come a long way but I took that picture and I remember looking at myself thinking you look at that picture Lisa and remember what an absolute loser you've been <laughs> you know to not be able to go to work and I and I work for myself as well I couldn't even get up to go and get my computer to do it for yourself yeah. for myself yeah. so it's like I just felt so awful I couldn't sort the kids out for school it was just I just felt horrific and I knew somebody had recommended a book to me yeah and it was The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober that was the first book that I actually read and I and I started it that that day and that was it really I thought from, oh no in fact I put it on Facebook I said that's it I'm quitting drinking for 100 I days I some funny comments on there so oh, yeah nobody believed me they were like whatever <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I think that was it I put down I was stopping for 100 days to kind of I knew if I put it on Facebook then I had to try but yeah. in that time I'd forgot that I'd got holidays booked so we'll only be sharing that next yeah week. I know we next will do but yeah can, what, what was your I think mine's quite different than yours, you know. Um, You've got to remember where I was because you had stopped almost a year before me. So Mm. my best friend had stopped. And I remember when you told me you'd stopped and it was that same day. I don't think I actually did think, yeah, right. I'm pretty sure I thought I knew it was coming, you know, like in a weird sort of way. And you said you'd stop drinking and, and I was kind of pleased for you but I was also a little bit like oh who am I going to go out with who's yeah. going who's gonna to get me in trouble you know who's going to get in trouble with not in a you know I looked forward to our now quite rare nights out yeah um, but yeah I, I think that really that 
that's what sowed the seed for me was you stopping and me watching you blossom and bloom and meet new people and obviously yeah. setting up the beast over manchester and and it kind of inspired me to give it a go but on top of that i guess if i go right back the first time i kind of questioned my drinking was after a work night out and i'd had this work night well it had been a work day out and I'd promised my husband I'd be home at a certain time. And you know what I'm like when I do that. It never works, <laughs> you know. And and I blacked out. And I'd never really blacked... I think maybe once I blacked out, but I, I experienced a real blackout on that on that evening. Um, I got into Manchester City Centre and I remember walking into a pub in Piccadilly Gardens. But from that point, I don't remember anything until I was being woken up on Piccadilly train station. And I really do not remember anything. I can visualise myself walking to the bar and down the stairs... I don't remember anything else. Mm-hmm. And um, a man woke me up on the platform and said, it's the last train. Now, I know that I left my friends at 5pm. I've lost six hours of my life because it was the wow, last train. such a long and time. And it was ages. And I don't know how long I'd been asleep on the platform. And I was asleep on the platform. Oh. And, I, and, I, <laughs> and this man woke me up and he said, it trains a crew. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I kind of staggered on and I was dozing off. And I don't know if it was the same man or a different man, but he woke me up again on my station. And as I stood up, I got sick all down myself, which I'm not, I'm not, (laughs) oh, it was awful. My phone had run out of battery and I didn't have any money. I knew they wouldn't let me in a taxi. So I remember thinking, I'm not going to get in a taxi looking like this. So I tried to walk a mile and a half home, but I wasn't really in a state. Anyway, eventually I got to a phone box and with the pound that I had in my purse, I managed to phone my husband, who came to get me, and he was absolutely disgusted. I can imagine He was disgusted. He just took one look at me and he said, do you have any idea what you've put me through tonight? And I was, I was like, oh, shut up, you know, like, just being horrible. And <laughs> yeah, he yeah. said, I thought you'd been murdered. I thought you'd been raped. I couldn't get hold of you. And then when I saw you in this state crying in the street, get in the car, I don't want to speak to you. And I actually fell asleep with my head in the sink that night and he ignored me. And it was days and days before he spoke to me. And I remember waking up the next day thinking, this isn't right. This yeah. isn't normal. People do not do this, you know, like, and I guess that was the first time. Fast forward maybe a year and you stopped and then fast forward a year again where I saw how well you were doing and I knew that I didn't want to drink anymore and I had like a full conference going on in my head this wasn't just one in a voice this was like 50 voices you want to stop oh what we're going to do for the rest of our lives no 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 and yeah but you know if you can do it won't you look good and I really cared what everybody would think of me uh, rather than what I really wanted to do and massive fear of missing out what am I going to do at parties what am I going to do if my husband's drinking but I knew I also had to stop I could feel my health deteriorating I could feel that I was getting sucked in and I could feel my personality changing I'd always been dead happy and I wasn't anymore yeah anyway bank holiday weekend and Went out with my husband for some food. He happened to meet a friend and wanted to go out for a night. I massively lost my shit big time, <laughs> right, over nothing. Went home, sulking, he went out, sulk, sulk, got more and more fuming as the night went on, drinking white wine, drank, drank, drank. I think I drank two bottles of white wine on my own. And when he came in, I launched a sandwich at his head. <laughs> oh. I know it sounds funny, but it wasn't. Well, it wasn't... It, I didn't care what it was like. I just threw this sandwich, you've left me. And he woke up the next day and he just said, look, this is it. I cannot put up with your behaviour like this. I didn't sleep all night and I went into work the next day, ashamed. I came home from work and I said, that's it, I'm stopping drinking. And I did. 
and I stopped and I remember phoning you and saying I'm stopping whether or not you believe me I don't know I was just so excited to have my best friend start the journey I remember feeling like yes yeah <laughs> and you, you recommended This Naked Mind by Annie Grace and I, I remember did, getting yeah. it on audio and listening to it every day and then about t- two weeks three weeks later I found out I was pregnant yeah you did and honestly it was it took out I mean I was 40 at this point and it Oh no, 39 I was, because I remember it was just before my 40th and I was excited that I was going to still be in my 30s having my last child. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it it took away all the motivation to not drink because I never drank pregnant and I never drank breastfeeding. So I kind of didn't have to try. So I, I was still telling everybody I've quit drinking. I remember you yeah. saying to me as well, I'd have still done it anyway. Yeah, but like just yeah. going, and, and I think I probably would have done it but I didn't have to try, so I stopped doing the reading and the educating myself and just relied on the fact that I was pregnant. And then, as you know, at like 11 and a half weeks, I went for my scan and it, it just stopped growing that yeah. day, day before. I went to go through surgery and, and I got the news on the Friday in my scan that I'd had the miscarriage, but they couldn't operate on me till the Monday. And I said to my husband, drive me to the pub. And he took me to the pub and straight away... I had a full bottle of Prosecco and just sat crying. And then there was a load of family stuff, if you remember, and I had quite a turbulent time with arguments with things that had gone on. And I just drank and drank and drank. And before I knew it, I was worse than I ever was. Because now, not only was I binge drinking on weekends, but I was nasty and bitter with it. So I was argumentative, my personality switched. I actually became a little bit unbearable. And I didn't like it, though, and I knew... And inside, I was thinking, I need to quit. I need to quit. I'm not a nice person. I'm not a nice person. And I'd see, I was seeing you and I was seeing, you know, myself changing. I reconciled with my family. Things started to get better. But I was still living for Friday. Every Friday, I yeah. want my wine. I want my wine. And then I was at my in-law's house um, and I had a drink, a lot to drink. And I woke up in the morning and I just looked at myself in the mirror. There's like mirrors at the bottom of bottom wall. And I looked at myself and I just thought, oh my God. And I actually cried at my own reflection and thought, look what you're doing. Look what you're doing to yourself. Took myself selfie, because I knew you'd done one because you sent me it. You actually and sent I me video- a video. Yeah, I remember yeah. the video. And I videoed myself saying, look at me, I look like shit. And, and I did my <laughs> usual hunchback impression, walking around and vomiting everywhere and getting to the toilet. Oh, bless And I remember sending you the video and saying... This is it. I will never go back to this point in my life again, ever. I knew. I knew yeah. at that point. And it, and it is like, you know, I, I'd like to say that the time I threw the sandwich at my husband's head would, was the time I stopped drinking. <laughs> and, and I'd like to say that the time I woke up and found my then toddler with his hands down the back of a plug socket terrified me enough to stop me drinking. And I'd like to say that the time that I still don't know whether it's true or not that I think I might have left my kids in bed at night and I don't, yeah. don't know it was the time. But it wasn't. It was it was waking up with that awful hangover, looking in the mirror and thinking, I don't like the person that's looking back at me and the shame. I felt ashamed of myself. Yeah. And I think that that's the battle I went through. But when I knew, I knew. And it, it was amazing. It was just like a revelation. And I mean, I know we'll talk about this more in the next one, but... That revelation keeps revealing itself over the next 100 days, doesn't it? And beyond. It really does. You know, at the beginning, I remember thinking, like halfway through the book, actually, 
I knew that it was going to be forever and I didn't dare tell anybody because I was so because everybody was like you are going to drink again you are going to drink again and I was really really frightened of telling people like no I think this might be forever I can't imagine that now yeah. but at the time it was such a big big thing I think the thing that's kept me on the I would like to say straight and narrow. I was going to say I'm straight and narrow. And narrow. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm straight and narrow. I think, I think the thing that's kept me so focused and driven and wanting to do it is having the two most important people in the world to me also doing it. And, you know, one's my husband and he did it to support me and he didn't need to stop. And, you know, maybe one day he will go back to, to having a drink because he only ever had one or two anyway. And he, well, he is lucky he can moderate. He, don't, he can take it or leave it. And he's left it for as long yeah, as I have. which is amazing. And having you and, you know, you, you, like I say, you were my inspiration, but now you're my motivation as well. And I just love that I've got you. I love that oh. I've got you too. Oh, we really <laughs> hope to then, do we? We don't. <laughs> so, anyway, on that note, um, I think that's the end of today, really. There's not much else we can say. Um, I hope you enjoy it. I hope yeah. you enjoy finding out a little bit more about what brought us here. And, you know, send us your stories as well. We, we love to hear things about how people got here and, and how they're doing. And please email us because we'd love to share that with people on our future podcast. Absolutely. And if you are having, if you're in the process of being in that tug of war in your own mind, it's... I promise you, it's not as scary as it seems. Don't beat yourself up if you keep falling off the wagon, so to speak, because it gives you more tools in your toolbox and, you know, it makes you stronger. So, yeah, yeah. don't give up. <laughs> um, so next time we are going to be talking about our first 30 days and our own experiment, because as you just heard, Lisa decided she was going to do 100 and I decided I was going to give 30 a go and here we are, still sober and sober forever. Yay! <laughs> we'll um, speak to you soon. Bye! Bye.